Hello and welcome to the CPA Perspective Podcast, powered by Evolve Now, the future of accounting content. Evolve Now offers insights into the many areas of the accounting profession with daily videos and provides CPE credit for taking courses that teach you the skills necessary to become an advisor of the future. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CPA Perspective Podcast. As you all know, I am the wrapping CPA. Petty Cash, Drew Carrick, and I'm excited to share different perspectives from both accountants uh, and CPAs in the industry and in the profession, as well as those who have moved on and and left the profession, but still apply their sort of CPA and accounting skills. And even those people who maybe aren't even in the profession, but are interesting people that could provide some sort of new perspective that those in the profession uh, would get some value out of. So Today, I have with me a friend of mine who I've gotten to know over the course of the last year. We bonded over our similar passion for making videos and creating content. And um, as always, you know, I, I don't like to talk up everybody else. I like to have everybody else talk about themselves to just give the introduction that best suits them and most fits them. So here we go. Uh, today, I have with me uh, Dave Ashworth. What's up, Drew? Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, so Dave, uh, I guess let's you know let's let's get the you know the standard stuff out of the way. What is the sure. the sort of basic? Uh, what's your what's your sort of overview? Who you are, where you got to? For sure. Well, before we hop in, can we just recognize how awesome this duck lamp is back here? So that <laughs> was my grandfather's lamp. lamp that I've had forever, and I just noticed that it was behind there, and I was like, man, that thing looks awesome. So just ah. need to point that out before we start here. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a big so I have rubber ducky uh, socks and I have a rubber ducky Perfect. Uh, uh, bathing suit shorts that is anybody who goes on my Instagram will probably find and, and tell me that it's absolutely ugly. Uh, I got called out for it a few times, but it's a really recognizable sort of thing. So there you go. There you I'm go. A big I, guess that's my, I guess that's my thing now. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so my name's Dave Ashworth. Uh, I run an accounting practice here in Pennsylvania called the Quantify Group. I started it about in February, it'll be nine years ago now. I uh, right out of school, I worked at a large regional firm in this area, mainly doing tax work. Uh, I always had a desire to start my own practice. Uh, I didn't know it would kind of end up where it's at today, um, but I always wanted to kind of do that. So I worked at this firm for about three and a half years, got my CPA, and then I ended up leaving uh, to go out on my own. When I when we first started it, we were mainly just doing tax returns, prep for people, friends and family, kind of whatever we could get. That's what my background was in. That's kind of all I knew, um, you know. And I'm sure we'll touch on that. But just kind of coming out of school, it just seemed like there was only two routes in accounting: either tax or audit. And I chose tax, and so that's what I started my business doing. And then uh, quickly realized that. There was a lot more that you could do with, you know, a, a CPA license and being an accountant. Uh, I've always been fascinated by just business in general and, and people's stories behind creating businesses and, and, and what all of that looks like. And, and running the financial side of the business is obviously a huge uh, factor in, in people's success. 
And so within the past five or six years, we kind of switched our model a little bit to help people with that side of their business. So doing outsource controller, kind of light CFO work and really helping guide people from the financial side of their business. Uh, so that's what we've been doing for the past, like I said, five or six years. We try to leverage a lot of technology, just, just do things uh, the most efficient way that we can. Uh, and we just really love the relationships that we get to build with our clients. And, you know, I, I really truly do love what I do. That's awesome to hear. It's, it's great to hear people who obviously just love what they do. And, and of course, here we appreciate the, the entrepreneur's journey to go out and, and venture to do something perhaps a little more risky because you're hopping off of that, that, that stable ladder that exists in the public accounting realm and, and taking, the, taking the stairs and deciding how quickly or slowly you want to run up those stairs or not. So I, so I have an interesting question about sort of that, that sort of transformation. Obviously, there's a lot of us who have passions beyond just you know, the auditing and the tax. But, so like, what did you do in order to actually like, because you, you, you said your background was in tax, to mm-hmm. gain the skills to do stuff beyond just the tax. Like, you know, I, obviously, like some people decide, like, they want to go back to school and, and go into nursing and if they want to change their profession and whatnot. But, uh, but to sort of like, how, how, do you, how do you pivot from just that, that standard, typical, technical mm-hmm. accounting role into something that you do now for your business? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely just took kind of uh, baby steps along the way. You know, we, we started dabbling in just some bookkeeping work, which, um, you know, it, it just takes a pretty basic knowledge of accounting to do bookkeeping. So we started doing some of that and then clients would ask questions. So it kind of naturally progressed uh, from there. Uh, I, I started looking for other people that were doing what we wanted to do. And so having conversations with them, kind of looking at how they approach things, uh, reading just a ton of material on, on how to do these type of things, what this model looks like. And, and honestly, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of it out there six or seven years ago. It wasn't like a really prevalent model. And, and it's still, it's becoming more of that, but it, it, it still is kind of in the early stages. So a lot of it, we just kind of had to figure out on our own. Um, but it was just through kind of talking to other people, learning from other people, you know, reading different things. You know, I, I don't do as much reading as I should now, but I loved reading then and just different books, different ways to approach things. So just kind of a combination of, of those things. And then just having a, a, a passion for what we were doing um, just kind of allows you to uh, really go into it full force. You know, if you don't really love what you do, you're not going to put in the time to learn your craft as much as you should. But if you do, then you're going to. And, and when a client asks you a question, you go and figure it out. And then you can naturally over time, all those questions and working with this client, you can apply things to all your clients. And then this client, this happened. Okay, now we can apply that to all of them. And over time, it naturally just progresses and until you feel pretty comfortable, you know, doing these things. And for me, I was very lucky to bring on a business partner with a lot more technical expertise than me. Uh, He had more experience. He was actually one of my bosses at the firm that I worked at. So that was something that really kind of elevated the level of work that we were going to be able to do. Not that I couldn't do it myself or learn it myself, but he just kind of uh, made the curve go a little bit quicker, our learning curve, just because he had some more technical expertise than I did. So it was kind of a combination of all of those things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool when, it, or so it's one of those little hacks, I would say, when you're able to add, uh, 
add some other partners to the things that you're doing because again, I always believe that collective power is you know more powerful than just one. Plus, you get to say like with a combined 25 years of experience, exactly. even yeah, I, I could be a five year out of college, you know what I mean? But if I get somebody with 20 on him, then we could collectively say 25 plus years of experience. Yep. yep. Exactly. <laughs> so that's always a fun exactly. thing. So, sure. so, so maybe if there's like just one or two specific examples of like a type of project that you wouldn't typically think maybe that, you know, somebody who came out of college and, and you're thinking this is something that an accountant or a CPA would do, like, uh, yeah sort of what type of uh, projects could you be working on through your, through your business that you can inspire other people to be like, oh, I could do more than just tax and audit? Sure, sure. So I think one of the things, one of our core services is helping clients do like a monthly financial close. So every single month we're closing the books. Now it's not an official audit, but it is in, in a way we are kind of auditing them and getting support for all the numbers and, and putting all that together. And we're doing that every single month. And it's not a requirement. It's just something that, you know, we feel that every business should be doing. They should be looking at their books at a minimum every single month and they should be accurate. So that's, that's just one thing that we do uh, as a core, uh, you know, service for the businesses that we're serving. And it's interesting work. You get to kind of get these financials together and then you get to sit down with the client and go through them and say, look, this is what we're seeing. Why is this here? What is this? How do we grow more? How do we increase profit? How do we lower our expenses? So there's all sorts of things that can come from that. Um, one other thing that we've gotten to gotten to do in our business is if clients are selling their business or they're looking to buy another business is helping them do like some financial due diligence. So does it make sense financially to sell your business right now? Does it make financial sense to buy this business? So putting together like a full report on what our thoughts are from a financial standpoint is, is really interesting because it's like, we're almost getting to go through the whole process, but you know, we're not actually buying the business, but it's still interesting to kind of go through that. So those are just a couple things. And we've had all sorts of different projects throughout the years, but those are two that we spend a quite a bit of time in that aren't necessarily just tax or just audit. No, that's definitely cool. And I like to say like, cool, because it's actually cool to do some of that type of stuff, you know, it is. you know, which is, you know, again, from my standpoint, I'm, I'm very outspoken on on the fact that I didn't feel the auditing work that I was doing was very cool, though, though, I did enjoy that process of, of course, going into clients and getting to know them and learn the business very quickly. So so gaining those skills, I think, are still really important and critical at a baseline level. Uh, because it's not to downplay people who are accountants at all or, or, or CPAs at all uh, in getting that public accounting experience either. Because I think having that baseline then opens the door for you to understand what it takes to go into a business and in the course of a month, know almost, you know, at least surface level, know about every single operation, every single piece, what goes into every number, how they're getting there. Uh, that's a, it's a valuable skill that can be applied to a variety of jobs and, and, and roles. Yeah. And I would say too, in addition to that, you know, our just being fully transparent, you know, you, you probably don't need the, the, as much technical expertise in what we're doing as someone who's preparing, you know, a tax return for this billion dollar hedge fund with 200 partners. Like you're not going to need that level of ex expertise, but what you are going to be able to do is you use a lot of other skills you know, you're going to have to use a lot more communication skills. You're going to have to be able to have hard conversations with clients when things aren't going well. Uh, you're going to have to be able to know how to utilize resources when a client comes to you and needs something that you don't have. 
So there's a lot of other things that you'll, you'll actually need to go along with some accounting expertise that to me keeps it interesting. It's not just the technical all the time. There's so many other things that you're kind of tying into your accounting, which keeps it super interesting for me at least. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get back to that to that skill, uh, that, that area of, of applying those sorts of different skills and, and beyond just the technical stuff. But before that, I wanted to circle back into the, the sorts of clients and stuff, because I would imagine right now there's especially a lot of people interested in in buying and selling, given the fact that there's, you know, you have these, uh, some people are just selling out to like, look, I'm done. I, I can't be a part of this. A lot of people who are like, this is a good opportunity now. I can get stuff for cheap. Uh, and then you're talking about having those sorts of client meetings. Have you, what's, what have, what's your take been so far over the course of this last year, as far as how clients are adapting to, you know, I mean, for example, you obviously probably aren't able to meet in person with a lot of those clients anymore to go through that stuff. Are they, are they able to handle this stuff virtually? I mean, I don't know what type of clients necessarily you're, you're dealing with or where they are on the spectrum, but I know a lot of, a lot of the clients that I've had over the course of my life have been a little bit slow to get to, you know, automation. I mean, even just to get everything out of paper form and, and digitized is, was been a whole thing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, one thing that, that we've done in our business, you know, we, when we first started our business, I mean, I was 25 years old. So I, I didn't have the technical expertise as somebody who's been doing it for 50 years. So I had to figure out what other things could I bring to the table to help my clients and being younger and being in a generation that grew up with technology. I felt like I could do that better than accountants that have been, been an accountant for 50 years. Now I might have not quite the technical, technical expertise, but I could utilize technology way better than they can. So that's something that we implemented very early on is a lot of remote work, a lot of stuff in the cloud, these type of meetings, uh, and it's made our relationships with our clients very efficient. So honestly, for us through this past year, working with our clients and the way things have gone, it, it, it's been a lot of business as usual because we have been set up like this since the beginning. Uh, so it hasn't really changed for us. Now, now, obviously some of our clients and their businesses had to adjust certain things um, because they, you know, maybe they had a, a store that they had to kind of move more online type stuff or whatever it might be. But but their relationship with us and the way that we serve them honestly hasn't changed much uh, since this whole thing has started. And it's um, it's the way that we designed it is for that specific reason. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the way to do it is, again, get a get ahead of the curve, if possible. You know, that way, when some sorts of events happen where you're now forced into rushing to get virtual, rushing to get digital you're you have some sort of infrastructure hopefully to be able to move forward with that and i like what you're talking about too with it but and it's inspiring in a sense of this this just because you don't have skills in one area doesn't mean that you can't add value and apply other skills in another area and that's where i think that there's this opportunity for accountants as a whole to begin to add more value by allowing and being okay with having other skills beyond just the technical stuff i feel like Traditionally, it's been all about who can, I mean, it's like who can memorize the most tax law that's only going to get changed, you know, when do the next update, you know, who can, who can have the most number of audit procedures just like memorize where you know everything to do. And of course, it's, it's useful, but 
if you're not able to apply that, like to teach it to others, if you're not able to convey the message to the client, if you're, if you're not able to do all these additional things, and, and for example, technology, you, you could be the most technically skilled person in the world, but if you've got to do the whole tax return by paper, then, then somebody who's able to do it on the computer, even if they, they know less about it, they'll probably be able to get it done before you. Uh, so, so I think that that's, that's really important when it comes yeah, to like I mean, those types of skills. Yeah. I've always been a believer that everybody has skills and things they can offer. Uh, and some people look at like people would look at age and we ran into that early on. Like, Oh, you guys are only 25. Like I, I can't work with you. I'm going to go work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we felt like we had things to offer that could really help people. Um, I think another, another big one that you just touched on was the ability to talk to clients in a language that they understand. Uh, I think sometimes, especially in accounting, uh, people that are really strong technically uh, tend to speak in a language that nobody can understand because they want to show you that they're very strong technically, but it's not helping anybody. Like if you want to talk to that, you know, my business partner and I, a lot of times we'll have conversations and we'll talk pretty technical sometimes because we have to, we have to figure things out, but we would never have those conversations with clients because they're, they're just going to get lost and get confused and get turned off about what we're doing. And so I think that that was just another goal of ours from the, the beginning, you know, as, as an accountant, as someone getting into accounting, yes, you need to learn some skills. You need to learn some technical knowledge, but even more importantly, you need to learn how to take that and talk to people about it because uh, pe- people miss the boat there all the time and just be be a, a normal person. I, I've always, <laughs> it's funny because when, when I was first coming out, it was like you had to wear a suit and you had to talk about all this tax code and do all this stuff. And I've never been that person. Uh, I go to most of my, my meetings and my Zoom meetings uh, in a hoodie and we just talk about what's going on and, and, and move on. I'm not wearing a suit. I'm not, and that's okay. If you do, I'm not saying that's bad, Yeah. but people want to work with people and they want to get good information that they can use. So, yeah, I mean, the, being normal is one of those, it's, it's, you know, it's not to say anybody's not allowed to have quirks and be a little bit weird, but it's just, it's being relatable is, yeah. is really what it comes down to showing that, you're, you're not just going to be another, another square that just provides, you know, here's a bunch of information. I don't know what to do with it. And, and conveying messaging, of course, is so important. Uh, and, I think, and I think that's where leadership needs to evolve to recognize that there is the need for, for people to just be normal people and to encourage, encourage individuals to not just be this, you know, this, this stigma of only being skilled technically, not knowing how to speak to clients properly, not because conveying a message, communication, I think, at the end of the day is is the most, that's where everything goes wrong is because somebody's not communicating properly. And I've been a big proponent of being like a, a liaison, if you will, because, you know, with my marketing background, accounting background, creativity, I, I know technologically because of us being part of the millennial generation, understand the development of technology. So somebody, somebody in finance says, well, I want a report that does this, like go make it. They say that to IT and now IT, I mean, somebody who's in computer science, their brain is completely wired totally differently than somebody who's in finance, somebody in marketing, somebody in HR. So they're, they're going to hear that information and interpret it in a totally different way. So if we can't learn how to communicate more effectively with, you know, again, different generations, 
different people of different personalities and different mindsets, then we end up just like talking to a wall and then nothing efficient actually gets done. Yeah. And, and I think it's okay for certain people to have different strengths, you know, yeah. like my business partner is a relatable person, uh, but he's very, very strong technically. That's just how he's been wired. That's what he's really good at. Uh, and I feel like I'm just slightly better at just having conversations with people, not that he's not, but just connecting with people. And, you know, I do more business development stuff and more content creation and helping kind of grow the business. And, and I think self-awareness is so important to understand uh, that you have different skills and it's okay to utilize those skills. You don't have to fit into the box of what everyone says an accountant should look like. You can be an accountant and be an individual and be unique and bring your skills to the table. But I think to your point, it starts with the leadership of in accounting, understanding that every accountant can look a little bit different and that's okay. And that's actually going to push our industry into the future if we start to view it that way. Yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of people get lost in the shuffle, kind of, you know, to, you know, talking to the fact, for example, that you're like, well, I have different skills that I can offer. And, and I've definitely experienced in the past where people are like, oh, well, you know, you don't have this sort of technical skill. So, so we don't really need you for this job, not realizing that there's other things that that I might be able to offer. And, and that brings me to the one of the things that we've spoken about before, which is the three different types of of employees where, you know, for example, the way it sounds with your partner is he's one of more of those technician type of people. And again, every, every good team has a diversification. You have your entrepreneur who's able to be the visionary, who's able to lead, you know, and push people forward and, and push them to executing and get stuff done and make connections and see things that other people can't see. Then you have, you need, you need somebody who's a manager, who's able to appropriately delegate tasks and keep the project moving forward uh, they're able to kind of step back, see the bigger picture and, and make sure that the project's moving along efficiently and the work's getting done. And then you have the technicians who are the people who, you know, they don't, they don't want to have to think about, well, how is this connected to the bigger picture? Or like, you know, are we on schedule? They just want to be told, tell me what I need to do. I'm really good at, I'm really good at doing this. And then they head, they put their head down and they knock it out of the park and, and it's okay. And it's encouraged that there's one of each of these a few of each of these on every single team because everybody has that value that they can add. Yeah, and I, I, and I think you would agree that our industry in accounting is heading in the wrong direction because it seems like all we do is, at least from what I've seen, is all we're doing is rewarding the technicians almost. Mm-hmm. And we're only rewarding them and we're only bringing up them, the ones that are really good at accounting, the ones that, you know, work the most hours. Uh, that's like a big uh, a hot topic for me is, is, is yeah. hours and, and just rating people on how many hours they work. But it seems like we just keep bringing up technicians. And if we do that, as they get into managerial jiro roles, like some can manage people, but a lot of them can't because that's just not where their skills are. Yeah. You know, and then where's, where's the entrepreneur that's going to, project the vision for the future of the industry and the business uh, if they're just a technician uh, who is good at accounting. And I don't say that in a bad way. Like you said, we need those people. That's very important. We wouldn't have an industry if there wasn't technicians, let's oh, be yeah. honest. But yeah. I think for the future, we need to start realizing that there's other skills that are important and we need to bring these people up uh, if we want to you know, have our industry flourish. And quite frankly, I think the model as it currently is and the way that 
technicians are the only ones kind of being elevated uh, in these in these firms is causing people to not really come into accounting anymore. At least that's what I've seen. And, and the, the some of the partners at bigger firms I've talked to are worried about the amount of people coming into accounting out of school. Yeah, it's absolutely a concern. And I, and I know some of these types of partners, you know, myself, who they, they would almost scare away somebody from wanting to be, you know, everybody knew like the manager that you didn't want to work <laughs> on the on the team with and the partner who was like, they either they don't know how to respond to emails timely, or they push the stuff off, they expect you to do something that's beyond what should be expected of you. And it's, it's definitely a concern. Uh, yeah. As far as the 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 technicians go, this is going to sound like a crazy, it's going to sound like a crazy idea to a lot of people. Um, but I have this theory that we have to change the way that we view the, the, the role of a manager from a standpoint of it shouldn't just be something that's along this ladder, but it should be sort of congruent where imagine if the manager and the technician both made the same amount of money. And it's not to say that the manager is not the boss of the technician. They're just the person who knows how to manage people and manage projects. So I could come in and be like, oh, you're a manager type. We're going to put you in the manager funnel. That's not to say like, I got to skip ahead five years from this guy next to me who's who's been here. It's just that that guy's really good at what he does, but he's not good at instructing other people at what to do. And we've all worked for people who are really good at what they do, but they don't know how to how to teach other people. They don't know how to change the way that they're doing it because that's just what they become so focused on or they they don't know how to lead a team to accomplish it efficiently. They're just like, forget it, I'll just do it. And they take it on themselves. Uh, you know, I, I've worked under people that they, they don't give any work to the associates and they just like do everything themselves. And then of course you end up now with associates who don't know what the heck they're doing because the senior took on all the work themselves or the manager just said, forget it, like just take you off all... I'm going to need the budget anyway. And then they work a billion hours in order to get it done and they do it all themselves. That's not helping the firm be more efficient. It's not driving up revenue. It's not enabling that manager to pivot their focus towards business growth and development. So it might sound crazy. I don't know what you feel, how you feel about that, but like, you know, I could, I could get paid the same amount just because I'm a manager. doesn't mean I'm above you. It just means I have a different function or a different role. Yeah. uh, So my business partner and I, when we first started our business, we both kind of did a little bit of everything, right? Like we both did a little business development. We both kind of ran the business. We both did some accounting. We both did some tax. And and we were like, I, I don't think this is working. Like, I think we need to separate roles. Like I'm better at business development. You're better at the technical. Like, why am I doing more technical stuff? And why are you doing business development? Like, let's just separate it out. But we both agreed that each of those is equally as important as the other one, right? Mm -hmm. If I go out and get a bunch of work, but we can't do it, right? Then that doesn't do any good, right? And if you are really good at doing work, but we don't have anything to do, then what are we doing, right? So we've just decided that they're equally important. And to your point, like managing somebody is equally as important as doing the work. If there's no work, there's nothing to manage, right? So it kind of goes both ways and they're both important um, and just because someone, like you said, is elevated to manager doesn't mean that they need to be above the, uh, the technician person or get paid more. Right. It's just a different role. And we're just separating it out because they're all important. It's, it shouldn't just be whoever is the best technician uh, is just going to continue to get elevated because there's those other roles are very important. And, and I would argue 
equally as important. Yeah, I think we have to shift our mindset on how we view the different roles too, because I think there's a stigma. If you're if you're a technician and you like just doing the work, you might feel, you know, for example, until your you and your partner had that conversation, before that, you might think, well, I feel guilty, you know, not doing some business development. Like I can't shove that all day. Like, cause because you know, like you don't want to do the business development if you're the technician. You just want to do the work, but you're gonna feel guilty because you're thinking of yourself. And you're like, well, if he's like me, like he's not going to want to do that either. So I have to share it. And on the flip side, you're saying like, well, I feel guilty just doing only business development work and making this guy do all the actual work. Like that's not fair to him. But again, that's why it comes back to communication. When you have that open line of communication and you're able to be like, wait a second, you actually like doing that, even though, and like, I hate it. And wait, and I like doing what you hate. Like that's perfect. Then that's like, it's a perfect, that's a perfect marriage. Then. And that's how you can develop like a fully functional team that, that works at the highest possible level, which is, it's just a beautiful thing, you know, if we're able to actually get to that point. Yeah, for sure. And I'm probably in the minority with this as well, uh, kind of along the same lines, but you know, the way that accounting firms are structured in my personal opinion, doesn't really promote teamwork very well. Uh, And the reason I say that is because you, you typically have like a partner structure where the partners each have their own book of business and they're focused on growing their book and making sure that their book of business gets serviced properly. And so I just see kind of these silos of, of actually just mini businesses within one big business. Uh, and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of, a lot of teamwork where if everybody's goal was to just build clients for the firm to get the work done uh, together. Um, to me, that uh, would work a lot better when promote teamwork. Like to, to my point, what I was saying, if you have people that, that are getting business, right? Like it, it still needs to be serviced by a technician. So now maybe you weigh one a little bit more than the other. That's up to the firm, how they want to do it. But those both have equally important roles. Like you can't just develop business and have nobody that can do it. Right. And you can't hire a bunch of people that can do it if you can't bring in business. Uh, and those are just two of the roles, right? We're still missing like the manager type role as well. Yeah. And the visionary entrepreneur type role. But they all play a part in the business. And I feel like until we kind of change the structure a little bit, uh, and I know I'm going to be in the minority, minority mm-hmm. here because these, these accounting firms are not structured like this. Yeah. I feel like if we, to change that, we need to change the structure to really promote like a teamwork environment where everybody is going after one common goal and not just focused on building their silo of business and making sure that's serviced, right? Yeah, these are the important things that I think need to come out. I remember uh, reading a book because I had a mentor from one of my accounting firms who was very much so, you know, he was one of those, those leaders who had worked his way up, but he always held on to that sort of entrepreneurial mindset. He always held on to that forward thinking mindset because he knew it was important and he did the technical stuff. He knew the develop, business development stuff and he knew how to manage and he was great with people. So he was one of those. And again, that's the, the issue is that it's almost just a probability of like you got to hope that one of those technicians also possesses these managerial and entrepreneurial skill sets, uh, because that's how that's how the system is just it's, it's designed in a broken way where those people don't usually get through. But if you're lucky enough to get one through, that's when you can start to see the change because they finally make to a, make it to a point of leadership where they can do something about it. And I remember he pulled, pulled together a team that I was on. It was called the Innovation Council. And the first thing that he had us do is read a book called The Disruptive Innovator. Uh, 
or the, the innovator's DNA. It was all about disruption. Like it's, it's not about making like a, oh, we're going to just slowly change. We're going to gradually like get there. It was, you know, you should be gradually growing and changing over the course of, of, of a profession of an industry career uh, and business, but it's, it's the disruptive change that it makes everybody uncomfortable, especially, especially accountants, super uncomfortable being the risk adverse people that they are. But it's, it's that push that needs to happen in order to take that sort of leap of faith that this is the direction things need to go. In. And so these radical ideas that we're talking about, you know, wearing a hoodie to a meeting and uh, changing the way that we look at having a book of business or, or how we identify a manager role. And I have another crazy one, too, if you want to hear. Uh, so I have this theory that uh, there should be sort of like a multi-tiered hours of the day type of schedule where if I work best from noon until, you know, eight at night, nine at night, like those, that's, that's my, my hour time frame. Some people are night owls. Like they, they work best from, you know, 5 PM until three in the morning. And some people, they just want to get, they, they wake up at four 30 and they're just itching to do something. They can, we can work from five to, to one in the afternoon. Cause then they want to have their whole afternoons off. And, and I, and I've met people who are in all different groups of categories, people who would come to the office late, people who would come to the office early, uh, and you know, logistically speaking, too, I think it would heavily reduce traffic uh, because because you have like you have you know you'd have two thirds less of rush hour at, at each given sort of segment. And everybody, again, it's all about working flexible. With you know, if somebody's in a different time zone, then you obviously will sure. adapt your schedule, or you want to have some overlap so that people can have meetings together. But 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 to your point, thinking about these once radical ideas and making them feel a little bit normal is part of the progress that I think the accounting profession needs to make just because of how far behind it is on progress, especially compared to other industries. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a proponent of just the whole mantra of just, just get your work done, whatever that looks like, you know, we're going to serve our clients. We're going to serve them to the best of our ability. Uh, but whatever that looks like is okay. It doesn't need to look like I want it to look like all the time. You yeah. know, if you don't need to be in all the time, or you don't need to work 70 hours a week, then don't, then we don't need to do that just because that's, what's been done forever. Yeah. Right. You know, get, get your work done, serve your clients well all the time. Um, and I feel like that will work out a lot better. You're going to have yeah. happier people, people that enjoy being there. Mm -hmm. uh, and that to me is just so much more valuable than following what's been done forever yeah everybody uh everybody either loves or hates sally you know same as yeah. last year so true. uh true. i guess so you know we, we touched on a lot so if there was one sort of like major you know like what your mo you know so so i feel like my whole mo is the whole like incorporation of this millennial mindset to leadership into the into the profession if you had like a whole yeah. mo you know, what, what would be that sort of like message? If like, I'm a thought leader of the accounting industry here, yeah. here's like the critical juncture that we're at. Yeah. I think it's honestly a lot of what we talked about. Um, I, I think that accounting can be so much more interesting than what you're told in school. Uh, it's not just audit or tax. Uh, you don't have to follow that route. There's so many things that you can do. Um, and you have to just find what that is and find what you love. And I, and I think that 
part of that process is having conversations like this and really dis- disrupting the industry in a positive way uh, and letting people know that there is other ways to do it. And, and, you know, for us, we've always said like, we, we've always enjoyed accounting work in general. Like it, it can be pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done in the right environment. Um, and so when we started our business and we've been building our business, we've always had that in our mind. Like, how are we going to build the right environment that we want to build that we know is possible, but that not many other people are doing, um, to allow people to get into accounting and truly enjoy it. Like that's really what our, our passion is as far as building our business, obviously serving clients, helping clients, there's a big passion there, but internally for other accountants, building a business that people love to do accounting because it truly is rewarding and enjoyable work if you set it up correctly. So what do you think is the best way mm-hmm. to instill this sort this sort of change? Like we, we, we've obviously spoken about a lot of different concepts, uh, different ways. And of course the, the biggest thing that everybody struggles with is like, okay, so how do we, how do we put that into application? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's tricky. It's tricky. I, I think it's, it's twofold. I think it's finding ways to uh, educate like college-aged, high school-aged kids who are considering it at all and letting them know kind of the different routes and it doesn't have to look like that. And I think a lot of it can be through like this type of content that we're creating um, that's maybe just a little more, um, I guess, fun would be the word, a little just a little more laid back, just something different that you wouldn't normally see from accountants. And yeah, then I, I think, think yep, go ahead. No, I was going to just uh, agreeing with that of as far as the content goes, just the whole notion of the 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 more you talk about something that you know eventually it it, it picks up. So you know, I could I could spend 10 years reiterating reiterating the same thing, but as eventually after 10 years of doing that like 10 people might now, you know, have that in the top of their mind and maybe they start talking about that and then eventually it's everything follows that that sort of exponential curve uh, you know, pattern where it's, it's nothing, it's nothing. And then it picks up a little bit and then it hits that elbow and really shoots up. So if enough of these types of conversations, we talk about how, you know, yeah, you know, we should have, you know, uh, three work shifts, you know, there should be three different shifts. If, if we just talk about that constantly, next yeah. thing, you know, it starts to have some buzz and people start to seriously consider it. Yeah. And I, and I think in addition to that, it's, it's going to take some people who, aren't afraid of uh, disrupting the industry, like we said, aren't afraid of doing things different, aren't afraid to have a conversation with, you know, some of the partners at big accounting firms and say, hey, listen, like, we're not, we both want to see this industry thrive. And it's not and I think we both agree on that you know, here's some thoughts and here's some things we can do different and have people that are going to step up and not be afraid to have those conversations with, you know, people who have been in the industry for 30, 40 years, have a ton of experience. But I feel like other people as well can bring things to the table uh, to help push our industry forward. And it's going to take people that aren't afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. And I would hope Anybody listening who identifies himself as perhaps a technician, but but knows that they have some of those managerial entrepreneurial tendencies, if you've got the if you've got the guts to to stick it out and 
you know, stay in, in public accounting. Like this is your, this is your call to, uh, of duty in a sense of, yeah. you know, you have that additional skill set and, and you have what it takes to, to get by using the old school ladder so that you can then lift the ladder up and completely throw down, you know, a bunch of new ropes and, and, and new methods to get there. If, if those couple, you know, if those anomalies sort of, if you will, of, of the people who are, who are heading on the way up, if you are one of those leaders, it's your duty to not just continue on the same path that the people before you did, but to sort of be that, you know, follow your intuition and be that, that change that you would have liked to have seen while you were there at the bottom and sort of put yourself in, in the perspective of the people who are now on their way up and do what you can sort of do there. That's it, man. We just need some, some people just to kind of step up and, and buck some trends a little bit. Yeah. So I, so I want to just finish with a couple, uh, a couple, you know, fun, but still influential sort of questions. Sure. Uh, so, so the, the, the first one, a little, a little more deeper is business as a whole. What's in current, speaking of careers, because yeah. a lot of people, you know, always want to know everybody's, especially nowadays, like, what do I do? Millennials are very job hoppy. So everybody's jumping from job to job. It's, it's not part of that whole, there's a lot of ambiguity. People want to like try to figure out life purpose. What's the best piece of sort of like advice overall, maybe that you have received throughout your career, the sort of information advice that stuck mm -hmm. with you, uh, that sort of maybe influenced you over the course of your career? Yeah, I would say for, for some younger people is, um, you know, just don't be afraid just to try different things. Uh, I think that people get caught up in just doing one thing because maybe their, their one of their parents does it and now they feel like they need to do it uh, or their friend is doing it and maybe they feel like I just I'll just go that because it's easy it's just try different things read about stuff do a lot of reading do a lot of research see you know find where your passions are and where you can use those passions in business you know I'm, I'm a firm believer that whatever your passions are you can use those some way to make a career, make a life out of those. So don't be afraid to go after that, whatever that is. It doesn't, you don't have to go into something that is just uh, super safe because, you know, if it doesn't line up with your passions, you just don't, you don't have to do that, especially in today's day and age with the ability of using social media and using different things to reach so many people, you can make something out of your passion. So I, I would just say, try things, figure out what your passions are. And then find something that aligns with them and then just try things until you find what you, what you truly love. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's age old. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, to me, it seems like it's just so it's, it should be such common sense, but it's yeah. just, you know, you, like I said, we got to just keep talking about it is that, yeah. that incorporating passion into whatever you do is the only way that you'll get the fulfillment out of life that you, yeah. that you really need. Uh, so this is a fun one. To add, to add to that yeah. one more thing, I think is sure. really important. And I'll let you get to the last one. But if you're in something as well, and you hate what you're doing, I know that people don't want to hear this, but I really think that, that you're the only one that can make a change, right? Like if you really hate what you're doing, you know, just continue to do it. Um, but don't complain about it. If you're going to complain about it, then go make a change because you have the power to do that. And so I just encourage people, if you get in a route and you're like, I don't really like what I'm doing, but I feel like I have to, you don't have to, there's always something else you can do. Um, 
you can't hate what you do every single day. You're going to yeah. regret that uh, for the rest of your life. I mean, it's, it reminds me of like the, they, the, the old quote, like the, all that it takes for evil to triumph is that good people do nothing. Uh, and it's obviously not to that extent, but to the standpoint of if, if you don't vocalize, then nothing's going to change. I, I can't tell you how many people I know from public accounting that have their exit interview. And, and the whole entire time leading up to that point, they've been just flipping out over the like, you know, they've, they've, been, they've been working me so hard. The manager's been making me eat my hours. Like the, the technology sucks, you know, I, and they have all these complaints. And then they get to the exit interview and they're like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I was ready for a change. And, you know, they, they, they had a good salary they offered me and I, and I wanted to just try something different. <laughs> And it's like, that's not helping anybody behind Nobody. you. Nope. And it's not being on but everybody's like, there's this, I don't know what the fear is of being honest, but I mean, people just need to open up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Um, so a little fun one. And I, okay. I'm excited to see over the course of this podcast uh, in the future, the sorts of different, as I get people from different industries, some people who are CPAs, some people who are not CPAs. And then I've, everybody's free to take this in any direction they want. It could be on, on point and serious as stereotypes. It could be completely out of left field. But what does CPA stand for? Wrong answers only. Yeah, so I came up with one that, and I have no idea why I did, but I came up with it. So I was like, okay. that's what I'm going for. So mine is catching Pikachu always. So I don't even like Pokemon. Uh -huh. I don't know why I thought of it, but I was like, I'm going with it. He said wrong answers only. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. No, that's it. That's it. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of CPAs out there who are just only catching Pikachus. That's it. They are. <laughs> All the time. Uh, that's awesome then. Um, all right. So I, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, yeah. You know, if uh, for anybody who's, who's listening, I don't know, Dave, you want to just tell everybody how they can connect to you. Everybody knows how to find me, the wrapping CPA. It's, it's it's pretty easy. And I'm sure people have seen the public accounting anthem music video. So how do how do people connect to you? Yeah, for sure, man. So, I, I mean, I spend on social media, mostly LinkedIn. So I yeah. love to connect with whoever on LinkedIn. Like I said, I, I do a lot of content and I love seeing what other people are doing. So LinkedIn, just shoot me a message or a connection on there do a little bit on Facebook, but not a ton. And then obviously, you know, if you have more specific questions, you can uh, go on our website, thequantifiedgroup.com, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on there is fine as well. But usually LinkedIn is the easiest place to get me. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I encourage everybody to to always be okay with reaching out to people. I mean, we put ourselves out there, you know, as content creators, Dave and I, and, and, and many others in the industry, because we want to be able to be the voice that a lot of people are afraid to sort of vocalize to say, Hey, there's other people out there that are thinking things that I'm thinking and I'm not crazy for thinking those mm -hmm. things. Uh, so, so reaching out and, and I've always been one that's, that's not really all about the whole, like, I don't need a mentor. Like I'm good. Like I'm just going to keep doing my thing. But even if it's not even like a mentor or coachy type of situation, it's just having conversations that will elevate your level of thinking that'll open your mind to new perspectives. That'll, encourage you along your career or in the profession or maybe you want an opportunity to be a you know a thought a thought leader you be on on a podcast have your own show create some content be somebody else who's making a voice and and whatever encouragement we can do and whatever answers we can provide that's all we really want to do at the end of the day is help each other out sure. and um yeah that's that's all i have for today so uh thanks again dave for being part of the podcast yeah thank you man thanks for having me on this has been fun awesome 
Uh, all right, everybody. This has been the CPA Perspective Podcast brought to you by Evolve Now, the future of accounting content. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, Evolve Now Online, and Evolve Now Online on all social medias, uh, including LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook. And uh, I look forward to having more super interesting conversations with super interesting people, getting new perspectives, new ideas, and we'll see you next time. This was the CPA Perspective Podcast on Evolve Now. Become the professional you want to be with the innovative knowledge you need. Click the link in the description or go to www.evolvenow.biz to continue on your learning journey. Start today. Evolve now.